house. You know I'm very interactive. You know I try to be transparent. Because I believe with all of my heart, unless we engage life, it doesn't engage us. It just doesn't happen. Unless we engage God, he, he, he desires to engage us. But he doesn't impose himself on us. It just doesn't happen. So, I want you to do something. Please don't feel like you have to. Uh, sometimes uh, you feel a little out of place if you're in a public environment. But if, if you would, I want you to take your hands. Go like this. All right? And I just want you to put them out in front of you the best you can without slapping someone. Now, I know we're not all here this morning with big burdens. Uh, Maybe we're not even here with great praises, but we're here. And I know that we're not all here knowing this Jesus we're talking about. That one song, Heather, that talked about the blood and things like that. I remember the day that we didn't understand a word, words like that we're saying. We just didn't. But we do now. So no matter where you're at this morning, this, this, seriously now, whether you're a believer in Christ or you're seeking God, the best you can, just say, God, I'm here with open hands. Let's receive his word today. Let's allow him to speak into our life. For some, as strange as that might be, he desires to do so. Amen? Open hands. Father God, we thank you so much for this day. Oh, what a wonderful day. I love, I love to watch the sunrise. <laughs> I love your creation. It wakes up. I mean, little by little, a bird sings, then another, then another. And your creation just comes awake. And we prepare a day that our body gathers together, Lord. Of course, you know, this day is our day of coming together corporately to worship you. May it be said of us that our hands are open, our hearts are open to your word today, to your spirit, to your salvation, that your kingdom would grow, knowing your word goes forth for your namesake. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've been on a journey, and uh, some of you might not have been here for the whole journey, but in your worship guide on the back is a summary of the five parts, which today is the fifth part, for lack of a better way to say it. So there's a summary you can take with you, and matter of fact, I'm going to encourage you in a, in a moment to go through this this week, but you'll see what that's about in a little while. But we started off with Romans in this series, and, and, and basically what Romans was telling us was to pre- present ourselves as a living sacrifice to God. And the bottom line in that is just, you know what it's saying? He was saying in Romans, he's saying, okay, stop conforming to the world long enough to acknowledge God. That's what he's saying. And then when we come to a place where we acknowledge God, he'll respond back to us. Seriously, I, I, it seems like, like too simple. And then we went to part two, and, and we talked about uh, becoming a, a disciple and counting the costs. And really, bottom line is, counting the costs simply means this, put God first. That there's a cost to pay. Um, who here has ever heard that salvation, uh, now you've got to hear me out, right? Who's ever heard that salvation is free? I have, okay. Whoever has heard that salvation costs you nothing? Okay. 
in a sense, that's true. I mean, because Christ paid the penalty, so there's no cost to us. He paid the penalty for our sin. All the cost was upon him. Okay? But Jesus himself said, count the cost. There's a cost to pay when we follow Jesus. We're going to talk about that today. I'm not going to go back into it. If, if, if you want to know any of these or are still online, any of these sermons, go, go and listen to them. And then we talked about a transformation that needs to take place. And the Bible, Bible told us and tells us that that transportation is one of the mind. That as we live in this world, we have a tendency to conform to the things of the world. And who, who knows what I'm saying? Come on, who has a favorite series on television that you watch? Okay, who's watching a series on television that you probably probably doesn't edify yourself that much? You know, or, you know, only two hands went up. I don't believe that. <laughs> Thank you. I got I got three hands. I got four hands. I have four. Okay. Oh yeah. I know. Okay. I'm not trying to like make this confession time. But do we not, whether it's TV, reality shows, social media, um, uh, gossip or talking, do we not have a tendency to conform to things that take us down? And yet we, we continue to do it. I don't know. So the Bible says, stop it. Stop conforming to the world and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Allow God things into our eyes and our ears to renew us toward God. Then we went to the next sermon we talked about was a heart for God. Oh, nope, sorry. It was, it was a heart of repentance. And we talked about we needed to repent and believe. And no one basically, I think, likes the word repent. But it, it really does mean to turn. But it, but it's more, it's worth repeating. It, it doesn't just mean turn from conforming to the world and turn from the things that are not of God, it means that we have a heart given by God to desire to turn from these things. It's pretty hard to repent on your own. Have you ever been really, really sorry for something and then you confessed it and you felt better? Have you? Okay. And then a week later you do it again. Right? Well, a lot of times, not all the times, but a lot of times that happens because it's not true repentance. But that when we hear the word of God and the spirit of God speaks truth to our heart, Tony, why are you doing this? Why have you conformed to this part of the world? It's not of me. It's not, it's not godly. Turn from it. And in my heart, I know God is speaking to me. So I, I repent. I turn from doing that that God desires I do not do. But I can't stop there. True repentance now says my heart is now drawn closer to God. If you find yourself confidence without drawing nearer to God, it's probably not true repentance. Okay? Okay. Then we talked about a heart for God. And that was part four. If you're following along, I see several of you are. So that was part four of, the, of this series, we'll say. And we talked about in order to know what God desires for us, we have to literally be hearing his word or reading his word. 
There is no other way. There's no other way to know what God wants. Now, I, you know, I can, I can counsel, we can counsel one another, but even if I'm, or I, or I can preach and you can know, but if I'm not preaching the word of God, you're, you're finding out what Tony wants, not God. So bottom line, it, whether it's a person speaking the word of God, or you're reading it, or you're hearing it, or it's a Bible study, doesn't matter what the venue is, but it's the word of God that changes us and changes our heart, okay? All right, so we're going somewhere with all this. And today, we come to the place where we come full circle. And we're going to talk about following Jesus. John 12 is which we're going. If you want to turn there, go there. John 12, we're going to look at 23 and 26. And the statement I'm going to make, and I'm especially making this again for people that are online a lot of times. I'm, I'm speaking back and forth so they have a visual of what's going on. But the statement I want to make this morning is, if anyone serves me, let him follow me. And that's found in verse 26. So Jesus said, let's say this together. Ready? If anyone serves me, let him follow me. Okay, Jesus is speaking this. And here's what he says. Here we go. But Jesus answered them saying, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will also be, or be also. If anyone serves me, my father will honor him. Okay, okay. Now, I've said a lot because I reviewed a little bit. So, so everyone come back in. Listen to what's going on with what Jesus is saying here. It's, it, it, it seems kind of like a lot, and maybe it is. But let's break it down just a little bit. The hours come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies or remains alone. If we want to follow Jesus or be followers of Jesus, there's got to be a point in time that there's an action, a physical and spiritual action that takes place. And that's a spiritual death within us. Now, I know that sounds dramatic. But there's got to be a point in time, Jesus says, that we die to ourselves. And you go, die to yourselves? You mean like literally? And, and actually, it, it is figuratively, but it is literally. Because God has given us a free will. You know that. You know you make decisions every day. And he's given us a free will. And in our free will, unfortunately, has now merged in with the sin nature. All the way back from Adam and Eve that were disobedient toward God. So we have a free will and a sin nature that wants to do everything Tony wants to do. Tony's way, my way, or the highway. What makes me feel good. Whatever it takes to transform to this, I mean, uh, conform to this world. Actually, it transformed to the world too, but I don't want to put you out of context. And we start having a decision to make. See, you know, you can't half plant a seed. 
You can't half paint a picture. You can't put on half a tire on your car. I got a bunch of parallels I'll think of here in a minute. You know, seriously, you can't do things halfway and expect to get down the road to have a crop planted. You ever try it? Try it. Get a seed, cut it in half, and plant it. Now, sometimes it might grow, so maybe not a real good parallel. But the bottom line is, even the seed must die. That's the point. That even when you plant a seed, the the original seed must die completely in order to bring new life. We're no different. It's God's economy. If I want to follow Jesus, I must literally die to myself. I must literally put myself aside. Now, how do you do that? Well, it's the sermon series we're talking about, so I'm not going to reiterate all of that. It's about being in his word. It's about true repentance. It's about making up our minds and deciding to follow God. Okay? So he says, verse 24, Most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls on the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Now what would that say to us spiritually as we're seeking God's will and his plan for our life? Well, as soon as we come to that place where we say, God, this is yours. My life, uh, my marriage, uh, my family, my school, I mean, you, you know what's in your own hands. And you, you open your hands and you go, God, this, this is yours. And within your heart, I'm telling you how you'll know if something's going on. I'll tell you how you know if God's engaging you. It's because all of a sudden, you will not feel condemned. You will feel convicted by a love that says, follow me and I'll I'll take these things from your hands. I got to tell you, this is real stuff. God's just not speaking flippantly. And it's so hard to let go. We want to hang on to stuff so desperately. And, and I know some of us at some times in our life will go, no, I, want, I don't want this. You know, I wish God would take it. Well, you're wishing the wrong dream because he will take it if you will really give it to him. And, and this is where the word of God comes in. In this journey of following Jesus, we become stronger and stronger in our faith. And we realize that when we've been trying to give Jesus things, God things, we've really been trying to hold on to it at the same time. We must die to that. We must once and for all put it to rest that we're in control of anything. And that God wants to be in control of everything. But that boils down. Hey, listen. God in control of everything? Are you kidding me? Well, he only needs to be in control of one thing. Me. You. And then the rest plays out. So he says this. Verse 25. He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world. That's important. In this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. So if we say, yes, you know, I've come to that place where I've repented and believed that Jesus is my Savior, that that God sent his one and only Son to this earth, that number one, he would show the very attributes of God and how much he loved us and loves us, and that God sent his one and only Son, Jesus, to this earth because there there is a righteous God. There is a God that says, that, that there will be, there will be judgment 
for what is done wrong on this earth. There will be a judgment for the sin nature that was disobedient to him. But he said, I want to be reconciled to you. And I sent my son to say, here I am. Jesus comes and says, here I am. I've come to this world in the flesh. God has sent me. Here I am. Look, here I am. And then he went to the cross. And as Jesus went to the cross, he was the perfect sacrifice. You know, I know some of these words and some of the things they're saying uh, to some aren't making sense. Because the Bible says, if we don't belong to God, these things seem foolish almost. Well, actually, the Bible says that they are foolishness to those who don't believe. So that will be talked about in a few minutes. If if you're saying, Pastor Tony, I'm kind of following you, but some of these things aren't making sense. I know about Jesus, but, you know, you're talking about repenting and believing and that Jesus died for me. What does that mean? I'm going to ask you just to put that thought on hold just one moment. And then I want to talk to those in this room that believe that you have confessed Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, that you have put your trust in him. And I have to ask the question that I have to ask me every day. Every day we're to what? Carry our cross. Most of you know that's what the Bible tells us. I have to ask you in this room, as a believer in Christ, are you following him? Because he says, if you're following me, you are where I am. Now, now, now listen, Jesus said, if you're following me, you are where I am, right there in verse 26. You are where I am. And so if I'm watching something I shouldn't watch, that is not where Jesus is. If I'm putting thoughts in my mind and allowing the conformity of the world that I'm engaging to come in and mess me up, mess up my mind, mess up my life, make me feel good when, when it's not of God, guess what? That's not where Jesus is. That's not where he is. So I don't know. I mean, I guess sometimes we, we, we really desire to follow Christ, follow Jesus. And then sometimes we just kind of put them down and go, well, but okay, just hold on there while I kind of do this other stuff. Just know this. Jesus said, if you're following me, you're where he's at. He says, if anyone serves me, let me follow me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will also be. If anyone serves me, my father will honor him. How do you know if you're following Jesus because you're where he's at? We've been talking for months to look to see where God is working, right? And get in on what he's doing. That's what it's saying. Look to see where God is working. Get in on what he's doing. So what he's saying is, if you're following me, you're going to be where I'm at. What's he say at the end? That my father will be honored. Will honor you, right? Turn with me to Luke 7. Here's my statement for Luke 7. Great faith is really believing. Jesus who he says he is. We say we have great faith. And that we believe Jesus who, is, who he says he is. Here's the proof. That your life revolves Around where Jesus is. It sounds like I'm repeating myself. Because I am. Because the point is. Is as a follower of Christ. It's going to be something we take. Seriously. And when we do. That's when we see God. 
There's no, no way around it. It comes full circle. Listen to this that God gives us out of Luke. Uh, I'll start with uh, verse 2. It says, And a certain centurion servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. So when he heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they begged him and earnestly saying, that the one for whom he should do this was deserving, for he loves our nation and has built us synagogues. Then Jesus went with them, and when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter into my roof. Therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. Now watch, verse 9. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, and he turned around, and he said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel, and those who were sent, returning to the house, found the servant well, who had remained sick. So you have this centurion. He's, he's of the Roman rule. He's not of the church. And he has servants under him. And he has a servant that's very sick and that he loves greatly. And now what's interesting too is even though the centurion's under the Roman rule, he's not of the church, he's not a Jew, but it's said that he has given to the church. He even built a, a, a church, a synagogue, a church. He even had that built, even though he's not even of that faith. So get, get this picture. And the next thing you know, he heard that Jesus is out there and that Jesus that is, is, is of the Jews, is, is healing people. And he's going around and he's praying for people. And so he hears this and he says to, now watch, watch, here's the part I want us to really grab. He says to the elders, and I want to, I want to put it in, into a context that you understand for today. He says to the elders, or he says to the pastors, I want you to go, because he's not a pastor, he's not an elder, he's not of the church. But he says to the elders of the church, Go to this Jesus that is healing people and ask him to come and heal my servant who I love. What's Jesus do? He says, okay. And the next thing you know, the Bible says, the word says he's not very far off. And then the centurion, watch this, watch this. He, the Bible says he asked his friends. First is the elders of the church. And then he says he asked his friends to go when Jesus is not far off. Go and tell Jesus, no, don't, don't, don't come to my house. I'm not worthy of you coming to my house. Now, I don't know if you've ever been at that place where God's touched your heart in such a way. You just kind of like, ah, God, you're not, I'm not worthy for you even being my life. Maybe that's a stretch for some, but I, I I, I have. When when I'm when I'm reading the Word of God and I'm worshiping, usually with worship music, but I, not always. There's sometimes I sing without music. Ask Pastor Rolly. and it's like the Spirit of God just fills me, and ah, and His Word and His love and His grace, and all of a sudden I go, I, I'm not worthy to be here. 
with you. And the thing is, I'm not. I'm not. But by God's grace and his love, it's like, I'm telling you, it's like this. And he goes, ah, Tony, you're, you're I mean, he, he, God to me, through his word and his spirit, he doesn't go, oh, but Tony, it's okay. Yes, you are. Oh, no, no, no. He goes, Tony, guess what? You're not. <laughs> but through my son, I see you through my son. I see you through my son. Who is worthy. Who is holy. Who has made you righteous, or a way to say it, right in my eyes. And now when God sees me, I, I don't know how to say this. I, I don't want to, I don't want to confuse anyone. But this is biblical. God sees me through his son. He doesn't see my sin any longer. So listen to me. When I'm following Jesus, where I'm where he's at, I'm here. Do, do you get what I'm, I'm trying to give us a picture? I'm here. I'm, I'm where he's at. I'm following him. The, then God can work in and through me because of his son and his word. God will manifest himself in healing, in, in, in healing not only us physically, but spiritually, our, our relationships. God will bring about salvation because of his word that is spoken. But the minute I do this, and I'm not following Jesus, and I'm not where he's not, or where he is, I'm just trying to help us just get a snapshot here. Why things seem so confusing sometimes? You know what I mean? That, that we're, we believe we're born again believers and we're following Christ, or we think we are anyway. There's the proof. Does God see you through his son? Because if so, you're following him. Are you where, where God is working? If so, you're following him. But, but if you're not, you don't have a desire to be in the word. You're not where Jesus is at. Your mind and your eyes have a tendency to stay conformed to the things of the world instead of the things of God. Then let me just tell you and remind myself, don't be deceived. We're not following him at all. So what do we do? We repent. We engage God and let him work these things out in our life. It's not instant. Guys, I tell you, I know you know this, but God doesn't have a little magic wand that just goes, oh, you're perfect. Ding. No, it does take Steps and baby steps and day by day. But just though you know, follow him day by day. Amen? The Bible says in Romans ten seventeen, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There is no other way. And then the spirit of God can speak to our hearts. That's why we have trouble in today's world so much with a culture that is so social media driven, at least in the States here. We replaced a God-given desire to be with him with this interaction and conformity to a world that's so social driven. I'm not going to go on a tangent, but let me just give you one example. A lot of young people that I try to talk to, they, they look at me and they don't know how to talk. But now if I get up my phone and they stare at me like they don't know what I'm saying. No, you think I, I'm not trying to be funny here. This is serious. I'll bring out my phone. I'll text them. Oh, I get it. Because they don't know how to interact one-on-one. They don't, they, they're not used to face-to-face, eye-to-eye. They're not used to seeing into someone's eye and seeing the depth of a spirit that's there. And if we're not careful, even as adults, it happens to us. 
The same thing. Our hearts become hardened, and next thing you know, we've faded away from following God. John 8, 31 says this, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciple indeed, or disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John 8, 31. And then John 14, 6 says, 6 says this, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, we want to be a little careful. I want to, I want to, I want to speak to, to a spirit that gets excited. Has anyone here ever seen me get excited? Not everyone. But, you know, there is a point and a place. Like I, I was just saying, um, I, no, I want to share that. I, mean, I, I was praying about this. I, I want to share this with you real quick. I was here yesterday for quite some time. And I was praying for hours. I, I'm not saying this to build me up, but I, but I want to share this with you. Literally for hours. And as I'm praying, I'm reading the word, I'm setting up some of the technology stuff, and I'm playing some music. And the next thing I know, as, as the Spirit of God is filling me, and expressions coming out of me, and I find myself over here, right here, just bawling. The grace of God and the Spirit of God and the Word of God and His love for me just overwhelmed me. And, and my own, I, I had nothing left to do but just get on my knees and cry. <laughs> Joyful tears. And I know a lot of times when, when the Spirit of God moves within us, di- different things express in different ways. It just like over here that you're hearing, which we don't hear here often at all. Don't do this. But there's sometimes I want to get up and run around this place. I told Pastor Roley I want to grab something. I just want to run and shout and yep. You know, but I scare people. When I used to preach, I used to yell it up, man. I woohoo. And I mean, but I'm careful because I scare people. I don't want to confuse anyone. So be careful when we're when we're together that we don't confuse people. It's so hard to speak because at the same time, what do you say? Don't express what God's putting within your heart. Ah, so we need to be prayerful in that area because God is good. He is powerful and he moves in many ways. The manifestation, though, from what I know, what I, what I, what I believe in my heart is where we've been going for months. The manifestation of God stirring us up in this place, a place that we're, edifi- we're edified, we're built up and equipped, is an overflow that goes out those doors. That's where the overflow is. The tears that are that are that are that are shed here, quite frankly, rolls into this Sunday right now. The things that God spoke to me through His Word, through His Spirit, but they also go from here to here. Who here in this room has ever heard of me 
out in the world talk about Jesus? Raise your hand. It flows from here. It's not because I'm a pastor. I don't, I don't share Christ with you in the world because I'm a pastor. It's, it's not my duty. It's my Lord. <laughs> That's why. That's why when you see me in the world and, and I, I, see, I see a need or a hurt or someone I can just pray with or encourage, it's because of Christ. It's because I'm not here all the time, but I try to be right here when I talk and I pray with people outside of this church building. God wants us to follow him. Followers of Christ will be where he is. Followers of Christ will look to see what God is doing around us. And his love for us will be shared with others. It's what he wants. Amen? If you're here this morning and you don't know that love, remember I said take your hands and put it aside a minute, that you're not sure when I say that the love of Christ was sent by God and that's in Jesus, that the, the word became flesh. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We know that to be true. I knew that before I put my trust in Jesus. We all know we fall short of God's glory, even if we don't know him personally. And then the Bible says in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God. Wait, for the wages of sin is death. Go back to the scripture we shared in John. For a seed must die. Okay, just a little, okay. So for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So Romans says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you'll be saved. Don't hear me try to make you doubt your salvation. But if you have, have come to a place where you have been sorry for sin, even to the point of telling God, I'm so sorry for sin, but, but never repented by the Spirit of God and put your trust in Christ. You never died to yourself. And you know, you know what? I, only God can reveal this. That's what I say. I'm not here to make anyone or have anyone doubt self, your salvation. Only the Spirit of God and Word of God can tell you whether you're truly saved. But if you've not died to yourself, meaning you've, you've said, God, this, here's my life. I'm not saying you're perfect. I'm not saying that, that uh, you're not struggling today. I'm just saying you've not said, God, here is my life. I, I want to follow you. I want to put my trust in your Son, Christ. I want to follow you. Then today's the day of your salvation. Today's the day of your salvation. And the Spirit of God would reveal that to you. So if that's you, let's pray. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you for this day, for your word. We pray and we claim in the name of Jesus, knowing that you say that we are sinners that fall short of your glory. But that you loved us so much, you sent your one and only son, Father. That we might know eternal life through him. That we might repent, turn from our sin turn from conforming to this world and give our hearts to you and put our trust in you. And only you know right now, here, as you hear my voice, 
Some in this room have done exactly that. And some in this room right now, they have their hands out. (laughs) They have their hands out saying, God, that's me. I'm in need of a Savior. I'm in need of your grace and your love. And right now, I repent. I'm sorry for my sin, and I put my trust in your Son. I know it to be true because your word is telling me it's true. In my heart, I just know it's true. I don't understand it all, but it's true. And right here and now, by faith, I believe, and I receive your salvation. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. Okay, who here does not have a worship guide? This is in your worship guide, even if you have it as a family, but this is the worship guide. And in it is this paper with on the right-hand side, it has a a listing of Proverbs, which I didn't complete, but on the left-hand side, it has a, a breakdown of the steps that we have looked at biblically on becoming a disciple through these last five weeks. That's on this side. Okay? You with me? So here's what I want us to do. I want us to this next 31 days. How many days? 31. Past September, October. How does that go? November. Anyway. Next 31 days. I want us as a body to read through Proverbs. Every day, read a proverb. Now, you might, you might say, Pastor Tony, I'm already doing a devotional, or I'm already reading the Bible. Right? You know what? That's great. But I want us to do this. As, as, as the shepherd of our flock, I'm, I want to ask our body to be like-minded and walk together in God's Word. So I'd like for everyone to read through Proverbs in the next 31 days. How many Proverbs are there? 31. (laughs) See? So it's a Proverbs a day. And then, so if you look at this, you know, again, it's a summary of the the five things we talked about as far as, um, you know, put put down things that are hindering you from uh, seeing God, repent. And anyway, you you can reread this. But then go to the steps. Step number one is read the above and follow the instructions. It's kind of like following Christ. So it says read the above and follow the instructions. By the way, I'll put this online too because I realize not everyone has it. So I will, I'll put it on uh, this afternoon. You go to 4CBC, go to sermons, and then sermon notes. Now the sermon won't be on that quick, but I'll put the notes up. Number two, listen to worship music. All right, who here currently listens to worship music? I'm just kind of curious. A lot of us. Okay. Um, Continue to do that. Continue to do that daily. And then number three, right now media. Um, Who here has right now media from 4CBC? Okay. Who knows what right now media is? Okay. And um, so this resource is not movies. It's, it's, I mean, almost any question you have, you have a question, um, and you can go to the site, put in the search bar, a question, a marriage, relationship, 
uh, discipleship, the stewardship. I, I, it really doesn't matter. You'll probably find it. it they'll have uh, short video clips. They'll have training. Uh, it's awesome. And it does have, though, a lot of children's movies, hundreds, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. And literally, it's like nothing's free, okay? For CBC does have a subscription to, right now, this is how they uh, distribute through churches. It's their ministry. So for the members, we pay for it through the church. It doesn't cost you anything to be a part of it. You need to get this. All right, so here's how you do it. I need your email address. So you can you can leave it this morning or you can get online, 4cbc.org, and you can just go contact, um, as, just as contact us. And then just put in there, I would like Right Now Media, and literally put your email address in that, your message. I know we get it when it forwards to us, but I would like Right Now Media once I get it, we'll, we'll um, give you a link. It'll shoot back to your email. You just say yes. Give it the password you want. It's that easy. Click yes. Password, you're in. To an awesome resource. I don't, I'm excited. Uh, I don't know. So so if you're not savvy on the net or you can't, um, get your email to me before you leave. Okay? So... We can do this. A proverb a day. And as we're going through this, it says, it says right now in media, but the point is, it's just putting things of God in our life. That's all. Okay, I'm not going to have you raise your hand and say, who's in? Who's going to do this? But let's, let's, let's do this because you'll see what God's doing and how he's working. And as a body, we're hearing the same things. And we'll respond to the same things. Amen? All right. Okay. Trish and I are going to stand up here if you're.